Valtteri's pit stop was longer than Mazepin's race. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Dive Bomb podcast. And today we are talking about the fantastic race that we had at Bahrain this week, or at let's say a couple of hours ago and it's still fresh it's in our memories so let's start with the beginning which you know was very chaotic to say the least Sam would you like to start off uh yeah the beginning was quite chaotic when when they did come around that second corner I was a bit concerned I saw a horse flying off in the back and I was like deja vu last time we raced at Bahrain Grosjean went up in flames I saw a house go off. I was like, oh, no, this is bad omen of this track. But it was fine. It was just Nikita Mazaspin doing his thing and mm. crashing into the barrier for no uh, obvious reason in a car that does look completely hopeless. I mean, uh, at least Grosjean got halfway down the straight last year. So I think Nikita can't really say he did. <laughs> but he makes Schumacher even struggled himself in the, in the second half on the fifth car restart, which... That has to just a terrible, terrible car to drive, it looks like. Even before that, with uh, Sergio and his troubles, like at first they couldn't get his car to start and then they had to do a second formation lap for Checo. Like, yes. very chaotic for Red Bull to start off with this year. So I'm really, you know, kind of wondering what's going on there. And uh, <laughs> what's happening with Red Bull? Because it, if they want to compete with Mercedes, they really should, you know, get a second car up and running. Yeah. It does seem like that Honda engine is incredibly quick, but it doesn't seem to have reliability. As both Max and Perez seem to have issues during the race, with, or as you said, Perez cronking out in the formation lap. Luckily, started from the pit lane and did, did quite right. It was good, good driving Perez today. Good yeah, sport. It didn't seem like the rebel engineers on the pit all seemed all too surprised about Sergio breaking down. So maybe they've always known that despite how quick that car is, there could be some reliability issues with it. Uh, safety car obviously came straight out. And the brand new Aston Martin safety car, which sounded fantastic as it was on the track, uh, after Mazepin spun. And uh, this was the point where Max was talking about his engine issues when he said he felt something weird on the throttle towards the rear it turns out to be a diff issue, but Max complaining about the throttle is something we have heard quite a lot in recent years, especially when he has been leading races, just to make his engineers a bit nervous. Uh, but yeah, I think that that just points further to the, the Honda engine, maybe not as reliable as uh, as they would have wanted. Honda have thrown everything into their last season with Red Bull and in Formula 1 themselves, so I think they've maybe gone slightly too far in trying to get this championship, and they've Cut some corners in terms of reliability because it does seem seem that way. Yeah, it's sad, honestly, because if we look at the entire race, if Max had a more reliable engine, things could have been different. But you know, we're only in the first lap uh, in the entire time scheme of everything, and Sainz, his start was honestly. It wasn't what, great, what can we say? Yeah, wasn't great. wasn't ideal. <laughs> His first lap was um, absolute 
like chaotic. It, it wasn't the Ferrari standard you'd like to see. And uh, looking at his teammate, Charles, who I, I was really impressed with Charles this, uh, this race. He really got the most out of that Ferrari, even though it's honestly <laughs> a very bad car uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I was really impressed with Charles, you know, challenging Bottas and um, really, really racing for once. <laughs> And the, yeah. the man Carlos for place, Sebastian Vettel, and the new Aston Martin got off to an incredible start, gaining six places. He, his first, first few laps were signs that old Vettel were back. Yeah, obviously he got a grid penalty for ignoring yellow flags when he was pushing for a lap in double-waved yellows. But um, yeah, we did see uh, Sainz move back. It was interesting. I think we were all surprised to see both Ferraris getting into Q3 something that they didn't really manage that often last year. Obviously, last year, opening race, Leclerc did manage to get a shock P2 looking at the pace of that car. But Leclerc and Sainz both did a decent qualifying, obviously, 1-2 in the second qualifying session. Sainz dropping from a P8 to P10 isn't the start he would have wanted. Lewis, though, on the restart, was so close to Max. It's, I, I think we were all expecting him to get past, really. Um, we saw Lando get ahead of uh, Pierre Gasly to take P5 and then Gasly going wide. Oh, I poor think Gasly. That, oh, poor Gasly, oh, I know. Oh. He had, he had I a honestly really nightmare. wished he had a better race. But to be fair, Lando had an amazing race. And as a McLaren fan, I can definitely say that I enjoyed it. And that's a good start of the year for McLaren. But Gasly's, you know, start or at least the beginning of his race, was really bad. And I really hope he can get back to what we know he can do, which is winning a race. Being the Alpha Tauri of no front wing in the gravel, cutting all the corners, just, uh, broke my heart. Poor Gazi after such a good qualifying session. P5 just clipped the back of Ricardo and never really recovered from there. Ended up retiring from the race. Really unlucky today, Gasly. Yeah. And then Mick spins, which just goes to show people that that Haas is absolutely terrible and there's no way you can, can drive that up to a, a normal standard. And, um, you know, it, it just goes to show that it, it, it's, it's a terrible car. And no matter what happens... Haas is going to be lost. Yeah, I think we can yeah. agree on that. I do think, yeah, we did We did have a really good battle between Leclerc and Bottas very swiftly after that, which I think it was a great, it was a great battle. It's two somewhat experienced now and very skilled drivers that having that battle, it really showed why they're there. And, you know, that battling, that's why we love F1. You see this wheel-to-wheel battling for those positions. Obviously, Charles was in the slower car in that Ferrari with not the best engine, but yeah, it was definitely looking very, very quick. Yeah, it did seem like the Ferrari is still lacking on raw straight line speed in every single Ferrari power car this year, just as they were last yeah. year, especially in, when in the battle against um, Bottas. And you seem to also struggle against the two McLarens using that new Mercedes engine to good effect. Shaw was just racing. sandwiched, absolutely sandwiched between number four and number three. 
and there was no way he was going out there without losing a fight. Let's keep on let's keep it on that because Charles' car is you know less than McLaren's McLaren Mercedes's, and um, with uh, Daniel Ricciardo behind the wheel, him being a, a very I would not say aggressive. He's he's just you know very he, he breaks late. He takes risks, and we all like to see that. So it was fun to see a bit of racing. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Hello, everyone. Post production Sam here, and I'm here to tell you that you can follow our socials. We're over at Instagram at Project Dive Bomb. We're at Twitter at TikTok with the same name. You can find our website dive-bomb.com. It's got a great ring to it, I think. Thank you. Yeah. So after that happened, we saw a big battle for seventh between Lance, Alonso, and Science. So yeah, I did really think that that was a fantastic battle. That those three drivers, they were swapping places every single corner that they were going through. Yeah, it honestly, this was racing like we want to see it. Competitive, multiple, you know, attacks on people, multiple uh, places changed over just the course of a couple of <laughs> a couple of corners and. It reminded me of why I love Formula One so much because this is the racing that I signed up to when I, I was kind of you know getting into motorsport, and this is the racing I love to see. So it's so amazing to see. Yeah, seeing Nando get overtaken by his replacement, Sebastian Vettel, and then yeah. be overtaken by his replacement's replacement in Carlos Sainz. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be back for seven. Sainz overtaking his hero as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And science place Nando McLaren as well. So there's a whole whole interrelations thing yes. going. <laughs> Hamilton then discovered the danger of the undercut, as Bono said. Hamilton had previously pitted for hards, and then he needed to come in again for another set of hards, which really hampered him. And at a time when we all thought that Verstappen's strategy was looking really, really weird, Verstappen suddenly looked like he was back in this race. Bottas then with the same issue had a terrible pit stop 10.9 seconds that car was in the pit box for and that is yeah. not what they would have wanted continuing the trend of mercedes having shocking pit stops at bahrain Valtteri's pit stop <laughs> was longer than mazepin's race it was it was <laughs> that is very true oh, that's so bad but it's so true and i'm not mad about it i'm sorry but uh, yeah. <laughs> both us Just- and pit stops just don't mix, I guess. They don't. Jack Aitken was tweeting about how he was a lot happier about his spin on lap 60 being yeah. Mazepin's atrocious attempts at an opening race. <laughs> oh, that, shot- that's his debut. That's his yes. Formula One debut. And he just... It is. He's thrown it away. <laughs> there was sorry. then a bit of a shake-up in the order with Lando getting up to P3, Charles getting them past him, with Perez, after starting in the pit lane, getting up to P6, which really is something that, you know, Perez has proved he can manage the tyres, especially at Bahrain, where he got his maiden Grand Prix victory last year. And I think that Perez, Red Bull, they're, they're proving that they do work together and Perez can make those moves like people before him like Ricciardo like Weber like Vettel managed to do in that car which I think is something really important that the previous Rebel second drivers maybe haven't been able to do as well 
I, I was watching the race and I wasn't really focusing on Perez, but suddenly Perez was P6 and I was like, how did he manage to do that? Because last time I checked, he was still back on the race, May. So it was really cool to see somebody a bit more competitive at Red Bull. I'm sorry for Albon and Gasly, who may or may not have fucked up their career because of it. But honestly, seeing um, what Perez can do and looking forward to their next races, I'm really excited to see a bit more competitive teammates to Max, even though we all know that Max absolutely butchers the careers of his teammates. Red Bull yeah. are still crucially, still crucially lacking that second support driver to put more pressure on they Mercedes, are. and that ultimately, ultimately hurt them today. And that's what Mercedes has been doing great. I mean, we all know Lewis Hamilton is number one there, even though um, Toto that might disagree with uh, with us there. But <laughs> like we all know, Valtteri Bottas is a number two driver, and as a result, you know you've got two very competitive drivers over there and um, that only aids Lewis Hamilton in winning his uh, multiple championships now. And we had a heartbreak of retirement after that, of course. We had Alonso on his return to F1. His brakes failed on fire, lap 34. That was horrible to see. It would have been great to see Alonso get points in his return to F1 with the Alpine team, the brand new Alpine team, of course, but sadly wasn't meant to be for Fernando. Or for Alpine, for that matter. Absolutely. It, it was it was a, a a very bad race for both Haas and Alpine. I think Alpine haven't had the maiden weekend they would have wanted. No, it was definitely not what we expected and what we would have wanted for uh, Alpine. And for Haas, I mean, we were all kind of... expecting a car that wasn't really drivable, that wasn't really Mm. up to the standards of a modern Formula One car. I mean, I get flashbacks to our prediction podcast where I said Alonso might win a race. And I just face time of that. How how foolish was I? Same with Sebastian and Aston Martin. Yeah. (laughs) We then had something that went completely over my head and I only noticed it when Crofty was talking about it. Russell was running in P10. Williams in the points, unheard of. Big up Georgie boy. Did. He got overtaken pretty swiftly, but he gave Kimmy a bit of a fight. Sadly, not a massive one, but I mean, it, it was better than nothing. Vettel then passed him to get himself back up to P12. But then we had Max Verstappen's engineer, GP, talking about over the radio how Hamilton had been extending track limits at turn four. Now, I think a lot of people saw this as a way of him telling Max that he can do it too. But, you know, something tells me that GP was, you know, winking to Michael Massey, the race director, saying, you know, Hamilton's exceeding a few track limits here. Maybe you should have a look at it. There's five seconds, mate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly was expecting it because he got a warning for it. He did. And, and then he did it again. And I was like, surely this is worthy of some sort of, you know, penalty. Not a time penalty but maybe something else because <laughs> let's just say that if if you get a warning for it and you do it again there should be some sort of penalty and I feel like Hamilton just got away with it penalty or no penalty Hamilton did break a new record he did yes again yes he did the laps 
in the lead of a Grand Prix. Now that that is a fantastic record to have, isn't it? Then, um, you know, Perez sneaks up on uh, Danny Rick. He did, and, yeah. Um, oh my god, that that was I, a beautiful I, overtake, though. Perez yeah. on Ricardo. That was down that straight towards turn four, and he just nailed that. That was really showing what Perez is there for. And just another overtake that I've just remembered. I, can't, I sadly can't remember who it was on. It might have been Alonso, Yuki Sonoda. He's oh. had a fly of a race today. That dive Sonoda's bomb into turn Alonso. one was beautiful. Oh, rookie there. That was, so I was watching that. that and I was, wow. That is the only thing that that can remind me of. And uh, I have to hark to the word dive bomb uh, was Ricciardo. The way that Ricciardo always did those overtakes i think china turn turn 13 is the is the big ones that he always was famous for and just those beautiful moves from so far back was something that yuki managed to pull off beautifully uh in that race there that one on alonso that was a move to be remembered how marco be looking at that this is our boy this is our boy (laughs) yeah but this was signed sealed delivered everything was right he looked at on center. Yeah, he licked the stamp and he sent it. Lèche le tendre et envole. Then, Seb and Ocon. Oh, that was ridiculous from Seb. Oh. That was, I was watching that and I was like, why has he done that? It just, he, he just seemed to go to the back of him. Oh, I know. So rude. It's, it's but Ocon was on his poor, racing Poor Esteban. Poor Esteban. He's, uh, you know. Ocon he, was just racing, you know. He was yeah. in a straight line. He didn't go anywhere other than his line, and it was Sebastian Vettel who just suddenly went left. So, so did, did pick up front wing damage from that. He didn't need to pay. He did have a hangy off end plate for the rest of the race, but he did manage to survive. <laughs> He's had that, that before, mate. Did he? Yeah, somewhere in Italy last ah, year, yeah, where they found a piece of uh, Sebastian Vettel's front <laughs> wing in uh, Bottas's car. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think Seb's at fault there. And, oh, um, so of course. Oh, is. 100%. Yeah. He just locks he up. Did, he did get a 10-second penalty for that in the end, towards the end of the race. And yeah, I think that 10 seconds was very much deserved. I think uh, driving into the back of someone like that, even if it was a lock-up, it's really un, un, unplanned and unprovoked from Vettel. It was just not a good move. It was never going to work in my eyes. It's just and a it poor way. it actually ruined O'Corn's race. It did. Just a poor way to cap off an already terrible debut weekend for Aston Martin. Sebastian Vettel is just not not how he would have wanted to start the season. No, so I think when, he's kicking himself. Yeah, this was when the Hamilton Verstappen battle started really Oof. hotting up. The AWS graphics told us that they'd meet at lap fifty-two, and we were like, "Fantastic! We're going to have four laps at the end of the race, where it's going to be wheel to wheel, like that twenty fourteen race." between Rosberg and Hamilton. One ironic thing that I think, Perez cost Verstappen that race win. If this race was 57 laps long, Verstappen would have won it. One more lap, oh, Verstappen yeah. would have won. And Perez, Perez caused a second formation lap. So Sergio, completely unadvertently, lost his teammate the win there. But, you know, we, we did manage to get that battle towards the end. And, you know... 1.4 seconds on lap 51 we saw. It was so close. I think every F1 fan was like, please give us a great final couple of laps. And they really did. Ooh, they did. They delivered when we asked Boy, for real racing. And I hope 
they uh, give us real racing more this year. Because oh, honestly, if this is the racing we're going to get this year, we've got so much to talk about. This, this is the best. Just, uh, so for the people who do not know, I'm Dutch. And I've watched this with my friends who are pretty much Max Verstappen supporters. So like everybody was biting their nails. Like, oh my God, is he, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? It was it was so you know close and so oh i think this is the best hamilton verstappen bottas podium we've seen in years yeah oh, it was 100 percent. but we did then see hamilton went wide hamilton he went wide saying i've got no rear f1 fans i even if you're a hamilton fan you've got to be thinking fantastic we're gonna have a last lap battle between these two lap 53 max verstappen into turn four around the outside but it was off the track. He gave the position back to Hamilton. <sighs> I mean, what do you guys think? Should he have given that back to Hamilton or should he have taken the five-second penalty and just hoped that he managed to pull five seconds off of him? I think he knew that he wasn't going to pull off five seconds. You know, he he get, he knows what his car can do. Max is a very good driver and he knows the uh, extent of his car. But he knew that Hamilton wasn't going to let him win more than that 1.4 seconds. So you see, I personally think that Verstappen should have just pulled away because even if he didn't manage to, even if he didn't manage to stay ahead, he would have still only finished second. He wouldn't have lost any more places behind Hamilton. So I think if he didn't, if he didn't let Hamilton through then, He's got nothing to lose. We can see how quick that car was. If he could pull five seconds, he only had well, he had three laps to do it, which is plenty enough for that really quick Red Bull car. So it would have been close, but I do believe that Verstappen could have won if he just took the five second penalty. I believe he should have just let him through at a different point. Yes, but on the straight was on the straight was so silly. much time letting him through because he got caught up with the back marker as well. He should have waited until probably the last sector and. Just what back up with DRS, stays in a few laps of catching up, which he inevitably had to do. Yeah, I the last three laps, though, like it was the, the, the last laps were so incredibly like exciting, and just I, I can't get over the fact that this is only the beginning of the year. Oh, I know. I mean, this is what have we got to come? 20 more. I mean. <laughs> To see the end of the race, we saw Max drop back from DRS uh, until the final lap when he did get DRS. It was so close, but Max wasn't able to do it. Seven and a half tenths separated the top two at the end of the race, uh, which I think for a first race is just fantastic to have that close of a margin. You know, that's what we want to see in F1. That's what we love about the sport. It would have been nice to see Bottas in there as well, putting up a fight so we could have had a three-way battle for the lead. But, you know... It's, uh, it was a fantastic race. I think we can all agree. Has this changed your opinion on the barring circuit? Uh, it has. Yeah, I was talking about, I was talking in our podcast Discord about, uh, I didn't think the barring track had the most exciting races. And uh, Aiden did get a bit annoyed at me. He was, um, he I was, was trying to argue he, for the he was, he was, he was listing all of the great races. 19, yeah. 20, I, I was, I was skeptical, but you know, I, I think he's proved me wrong here. It was a fantastic race. Um, yeah, and it was, I think, one that we'll remember in the future. It's it's definitely the best Tilkadrome. 
Oh, 100%, yeah. It's the best start of the year, honestly, Definitely. with it being this close and this, you know, this much excitement. I look forward to <laughs> April. Oh, it feels like really weird because it's only like on the 16th of April, the next that's, race. That's just probably swap. Australia and Bahrain is the first round because Bahrain has done so much better job in Australia than in recent years. Yeah, and I mean, okay, okay. So like, I I really want want this to be closer because I honestly, this was so incredible. But let's see what the rest of the yeah. season has in petto for us. And so, what was your biggest surprise of the race? Do you think? The biggest surprise of the race, I guess it was like the midfield, how close they actually were yeah. and how there were three cars fighting each other constantly. I loved it. I'd have to agree with you there. What about you, Aiden? I'm going to have to agree with you. The fight between McLaren and Ferrari looks really, really good this year. It seems to be <laughs> I'm looking generally... forward to it. <laughs> yeah. It right. seems to be a generally four-car fight between them all. Shall we go through our predictions for the next race at Imola? So, Aiden, do you want to start us off with your top five predictions? My top five for Imola, Sam, well, oh, I haven't really had time to think about this. But probably it's got to be Max or Lewis to win. Looking at the straight line speed, it's still really hard to tell. Mercedes still have a very dominant engine, and it's all come down to the Honda reliability. But Imola? kind of a high-speed circuit. I'm going to give it to Hamilton. Hamilton to win, the Verstappen second. Perez third. I'm going to say he's going to beat our Bottas. Bottas fourth, man. It's going to be difficult between the two Ferraris and Max the fifth, but Lando Norris gone. Get my boy Lando. Get my boy Lando in. <laughs> Pig as he sick. Pig as he sick. Pig as he sick. My boy Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Asmo, what are your top fives? I mean, obviously, Mercedes is going to be in there. So there's already a, a, a maybe one or two and three. Because I, if they don't have any technical issues or any t- issues concerning uh, pit stops, they look incredibly quick. Nobody can deny that. And the only one really challenging them at this point is Max. And if the Honda engine is a bit more reliable in Imola, I think Perez will be there as well. So that's like the top four gone. And I think, I, I, I just hope that there's McLaren in there. So either uh, Norris or Ricardo can join it. But I really wish that we, you know, see this racing again. And I, I'm so sorry for the, for the Tifosi yeah. who are going to see for Ferrari. They absolutely dominated in uh, their own home com- country. They're used to it by now. They're used to it. <laughs> so my top five, I'm going to go a little bit out there with my prediction. So Max obviously didn't finish a race in Italy last season. So I'm going to go, he's going to DNF lap one. Let's say Tamborello. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to just, he's going to hit the back of Pierre Gasly and he's going to retire turn one lap one. Uh, I think first place will be Sergio Perez. I think that that Red Bull will perform very nicely around the track, to be honest. I think second is going to be Lewis Hamilton, realistically. He's shown how quick he is today, and he's shown how quick he is even in this car, which maybe isn't as 
quick as they would have wanted. Third, he got a podium there last year. I'm going to go with Daniel Ricciardo. He knows the track. He's good at the track. And I think, you know, I think he can do this. He, he can do this race well, in my opinion. Um, fourth, it's a close one, but I'm going to put Charles Leclerc. I think now he's going to be determined. It is Italy and it is the Tifosi. And I think with that behind him, you know, he's a great driver. He's clearly a quick driver. We can see that. And I think he's going to do well. And then P5, let's go out there. Let's put Yuki Sonoda. P5. Reasoning behind that, Danny Kvyat in that same car had a great race at Imola last year. And I think that obviously the AlphaTauri is tested at Imola. That's their home track. It's where they're based. And I think that Zenoda in that, Zenoda in that AlphaTauri and at that track can get really good results there. And honestly, Zenoda is a very quick driver. We've seen quick. that now. He has the potential to pull that AlphaTauri to like the absolute maximum the car can have. So it, it's honestly, I'm excited for Imola. Honestly, and as a Dutch person, I'm also getting you no know, Max Verstappen flashbacks. Three but, weeks away, though. Yeah. So in about three weeks, we'll sit here again talking about the um, next race. But in the meantime, we'll also have other episodes coming up. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So thank you for listening, everyone. It's been great to have you again. We're all looking forward to the next race in Imola. It's been a fantastic race today and it's been great talking to you, Aidan and Esme. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.